you know, one of the things that's been awful for me the last two years, I suspect a lot of you all feel the same way, is I just don't trust what I hear from the medical community writ large anymore. There was a time where I would watch the news and, you know, I would read the newspaper. And if it was the medical community, I just felt like everybody was shooting straight with us. There wasn't a political agenda necessarily. Was I naive about that? Or has it really just been politicized beyond belief? I, 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 I think we got a problem here. And a few people in the medical community are standing up and, and trying to recalibrate this and call out the bad behavior. Dr. Stanley Goldfarb is the board chair of the organization Do No Harm in Medicine. You can find them online, donoharmmedicine.org. Dr. Goldfarb is with us. Do you mind if I, if I start with your impressions, Dr. Goldfarb? I know we got a lot of stuff to cover here this morning, but what's your impression of the the push related to vaccines and my perception which may be wrong but my perception that there's been a little bit of a cover-up maybe a big cover-up related to um vaccine injuries and 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 how extensive that might be and good morning to you i think thank you for coming on this morning oh well good morning uh, yeah i you know Vaccines are a very tough problem. There's mm-hmm. there's no question that in the history of medicine, vaccines have been incredibly useful tools for um, preventing disease. In past times, um, the use of vaccines was done and, and this, the testing of vaccines was done at a much more careful <laughs> approach and a much more uh, thoughtful way, if you will, than has occurred with the current crop of of vaccines, particularly for Mm COVID-19. And I think the politicization of it has been part of the problem. There's been, you know, it certainly has been, the whole epidemic had incredible political overtones to it, the lockdowns and all this sort of thing. And I think the the rush to, to vaccinate after, you know, we've already experienced waves of the pandemic. Many people have been exposed to the natural infection has uh, has led to real concerns now whether whether or not this this latest batch of vaccines is producing um, some kind of uh, uh, heart disease problems particularly in young men mm-hmm. uh, is somewhat unclear and really needs to be investigated and uh, unfortunately you know it's become it's there's been such a push for vaccination that the possibility of unusual complications is sort of being brushed aside as being, again, you know, some sort of anti-vax mentality when, in fact, if in fact, if there is such a problem, it really needs to be carefully investigated. But why um, do you think there's a a certain resistance to that? I get the political ramifications of it, you know, the the control aspect, which is kind of shocking um, that, that that's infiltrated medicine. But is there something more to it than that within the medical community or leadership? You know, I, I think that there's been a sense that if you don't, if you aren't willing to be vaccinated, mm-hmm. that somehow you're you're a bad person, yeah. you know? and that you're you're someone who's not willing to worry about the health of the community. Well, you know, it turns out that vaccines have been useful. The, the COVID-19 vaccine has been quite useful at preventing serious illness. I don't think anyone 
will quarrel with that. The question that was raised initially was, if you don't take the vaccine, you're going to be harming other people. Yeah. Well, it turns out that whether or not you have the vaccine, the likelihood that you can transmit the disease is quite high. For example, there was this recent uh, cruise ship where everybody was vaccinated <laughs> on board, and yet 800 passengers developed COVID-19 uh, and uh, when, by, the, by the end of the trip. Now, I suspect that there were very, very few individuals who got really ill because they were all vaccinated. Mm-hmm. But nonetheless, the idea that you can't, you can't have a job, you can't be in the military unless you've been vaccinated because you're going to harm other people, has turned out to be absurd. And yet the politics of it have maintained that if you don't have a vaccine, we're sticking with our old mentality that if you don't take the vaccine, that you're, 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 not, you're harming your, your fellow citizens. And that just turns out not to be true. So yeah. it's been politicized all over the place. And it's unfortunate because there's, a, you know, there's science and there's something that, that works, something that doesn't work, something that's beneficial or not beneficial. And it, it should be on that basis and not have any political overtones. To well, it. you give me some hope that uh, leaders in the medical community are prepared to stand up and and push back on the the group think here and i should mention that dr goldfarb who we're talking to this morning is a board certified kidney specialist former professor and associate dean for curriculum at the university of pennsylvania school of medicine i I think those credentials are important especially as we move to the next topic which has been kind of shocking to me this this transgender push you know the the trans issue has been there for a long period of time, but it just in the last few years, uh, and since I'm uh, unfortunately a, t- tangentially uh, associated with it being a member of the gay community, I've been aware of it for a long time. But it's just exploded into the mainstream, and the numbers seem to indicate that a lot of young people are contemplating whether they're trans and contemplating. Uh, what they should do to respond to their feelings at the age of 13, 14, 15, 16. What, it, what is your snap take of this in 2022? How did we get to a place where this is such a mainstream conversation? And, again, the medical community seems to shut down any um, deviation in the, the acceptance thought here. Yeah, this is a very, uh, a very difficult uh, problem. Uh, and difficult because we're dealing with children. And our organization has really focused very much on this question of um, the so-called gender-affirming care. It's Hmm. sort of an Orwellian way of describing uh, this idea. And just to to put your listeners on perspective on this, there are a number of European countries that have been pursuing uh, this so-called gender-affirming care, giving puberty blockers to young children uh, if they uh, claim that they um, wish to change their gender, and uh, then putting them on hormones and even undergoing surgical procedures uh, eventually to to alter their appearance. Mm. And these European countries, to to a, a country, have now decided that this was a mistake. So Sweden, Finland, the Netherlands, Great Britain have all decided to, that these kinds of approaches would only be done under the most unusual of circumstances. And only children that have demonstrated this so-called gender dysphoria, where they're confused about their gender, uh, from, from very early childhood have maintained it and have shown not to have any sorts of mental problems 
and that those are the only individuals, rare individuals, very rare individuals that ought to be uh, ought to undergo any kind of a any kind of treatment that would alter their physical appearance and their their um, you know hormonal balances. Here in the United States, we've taken almost the exact opposite approach. We've said any child that claims that they uh, they're un- uncomfortable in their gender ought to be affirmed in this discomfort and ought to be supported, even to the point where parental consent may not be necessary in order for these children to undergo drugs that block their uh, their development of puberty or ultimately drugs such as hormones, testosterone and estrogens, that change their physical appearance. Now, why is America now, you know, backwards? We're, we're, we're 10 or 20 years behind the European countries in realizing that this is really um, a, a treatment that hasn't been proven to be safe and beneficial. You know, one of the things that, uh, that we always factor in in medicine is we have a new treatment how many people does it help and how many people does it harm? Right. And if it harms more people than it helps, and the problem that it's addressing is not a problem that's life-threatening, we generally reject the treatment. Well, for gender-affirming care, we have no idea how many people it helps and versus how many people it harms. The advocates for it claim that if children aren't uh, affirmed in this approach... Right that they're at great risk of suicide and other severe mental problems. And yet the literature really doesn't support that. And the studies that have been done demonstrating how children react to these treatments are very short-term treatments. One one, uh, paper that just appeared in the New England Journal this past week arguing for this so-called gender-affirming care Mm -hmm. uh, cites a paper in which there was a one-year follow-up after children went through the so-called gender-affirming care. Hardly enough. to make not, it not only a that, judgment. Yeah. Not only that, but 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 forty percent of the of the people in the study dropped out. So you have no idea how they felt about it at the end. And yet the yeah. ones that remained in the study were enthusiastic about it. Now it's, therefore it, we have no idea how many people really benefited and how many people were really hurt by this. And one and year is way too short a time to have that's this kind important of data and we're we're allowing public policy to be based on I think emotion rather than accurate data. Dr. Goldfarb, I appreciate you coming on. Let's stay in touch. I would. Uh, this is issue's not going away, and I want to pick it up with you if you don't mind. Thank you. Okay, thanks very much. Good Dr. Stanley Goldfarb is the board chair at do no harm medicine.org if you want to find him online.